Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to episode 406 of Geek Town Radio. I'm your host, Dave, and with me this week is... To infinity and beyond! Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing very good, David. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. You were obviously on last week because we launched the Geek Town Awards, but we've got you back this week. What have you been up to? I see it's some movies that you actually mentioned in the awards last week, but we didn't go into detail, so... Yeah, I didn't get quite a proper chance to like talk about them, talk about them. But yeah, I did a bit of a films catch-up, which I still need to do again, but with other films. Um, <laughs> we, had, we had a very, very packed year for films as well, especially mm-hmm. in, uh, in the summer particularly. So I'll start off with uh, Blue Beetle, of course, we know that we're getting a DCU reboot in, in a couple of years time the Superman Legacy and I remember when we went into the year and it was like oh we're getting a reboot so what about these four films of course Shazam Flash Blue Beetle and Aquaman 2 only one of which is left to uh, come out and I completely like skipped Shazam and, and sort of missed it which is a shame because I remember I really really did enjoy the first one it wasn't just a case of the reboot was happening I remember kind of looking at the trailers for like Shazam for example and just I don't know something wasn't quite right about it and I also heard other opinions about that film and stuff Flash was was good we've already gone through of course that one Blue Beetle though we've got to apart from some like small issues and stuff I thought it was a really really good time Um, I I thought it had a lot of heart it did have a couple of particularly shocking moments that I didn't expect which was kind of a good thing but that was really really good I also I sort of was aware of the character of Blue Beetle I think I'd seen him in one of the animated shows or one of the animated films and stuff because these he does still do quite a lot of animated stuff and obviously on the Injustice games but I didn't sort of like know know the character so this was a good barometer for going through that and kind of discovering who he is what he can actually do and stuff and I think he's a really really cool character because I've met for a while when we heard oh there's going to be a Blue Beetle film and this and that I was like oh okay maybe you should build up to that a bit properly and stuff but it turned out to be really quite good I did I did enjoy it quite a lot we had some interesting comments. Of course, James Gunn's said a lot of stuff in this whole build-up to what's going on <laughs> and sort of yes. has said, you know, I'm going to keep... I think he said like four characters. I can't remember who all of them were, but Blue Beetle was one of them mm-hmm. who said he was going to sort of keep around in the DCU and everyone was like, okay, how's that going to work? Is it a proper reboot, et cetera, et cetera. And from what it sort of sounds like, now it's not been properly, properly explained yet, it's like we're going to get the character again, but a fresh version, which to me sounds like a memory wipe almost of sorts i don't know if it's going to be like the same actor playing him because he he did a really really good job as well but overall a very good film and we'll just have to see what happens in the future it's probably going to be a while till we see 
Blue Beetle again anyway. Obviously, he's got Creature Commandos. And of course, the big Superman legacy, which has got a lot of, lot of pressure on it, understandably. But no, very good film. You saw it, didn't you? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good fun. It is interesting to see how they're going to integrate that into the DCU. I mean, because the thing which they do talk about in the movie is the fact that there are well technically there were three blue beetles but the ones that people know are are jamie reese which is the version that they follow in the film and ted cord who is mentioned in the film but Mm -hmm. we don't actually see because he's gone missing i do wonder whether they're going to introduce the Ted Cord version. I think maybe, I suspect from James Gunn's point of view, it may be that he wants to bring the Ted Cord version in as well, because in the DC comic books, both of those versions of Blue Beetle are still around and active. So whether it's the case if he just doesn't like the fact that Ted Cord's gone missing and they, they want to do something about that and want to be able to use both versions, I don't know. But I suspect it may be a case of he just doesn't want to be beholden to what they say set up in that film i think they'll probably end up using the same actor because there's no reason sort of not to and he did a really good job in that maybe it's just a case of they'll tweak bits and pieces for it i mean the way i look at it is the dcu version that james gunny's creating is essentially i would say a different earth to everything else we've seen before so some things can stay the same some things can be slightly different it can be the same actor but a slightly different background so you know i think you've just kind of got to roll with it but i think they're probably going to keep that version just maybe with some tweaks to the history but i think the movie itself was a perfectly fine decent superhero film i think the problem is people have you know it's not done as well as it maybe could do because people have been put off because of the fact that they know the new james gunn stuff is coming and that's sort of well why should i watch this legacy stuff if it's all going to be kind of worthless afterwards you know so i think there's a certain amount of that but i think that was one of the strongest things that dc released this year i like the shazam movie as well i thought that was fun Mm -hmm. that was always the problem with the snyder stuff was it was always this dark and serious thing and when they actually do do the lighter stuff they actually do it really well it's going to be interesting to see gun stuff they have got quite a lot of casting for superman legacy at this point as well one of the other things they announced was um the guy that's playing jimmy olsen yeah there's uh, a casting there david Corin sweet rachel brahasnan as the main leads you've got fillion playing guy gardner anthony carrigan as metamorpho it looks like nicholas holt got the role of lex luther which i i don't know that was rumored but i didn't think i didn't realize he'd actually got it skylar gizondo is the name of the guy that's been cast as um jimmy olsen and looks very jimmy olsen you know so yeah yeah I mean, it's like they have actually genuinely looked at the comic books and gone well these people look right for that role you know so they've done a really good job with that so aside from blue beetle i watched barbie which mm-hmm. was interesting and funny and there's quite a lot of stuff in there really which is interesting i, I was keeping in mind what you said when i watched it which was about like the funny kind of corporate angle of it and 
and there's certainly themes of like control and there's obviously a lot of commentary about women's place in the world and things like that aside from how deep and serious it can be it is quite fun as well uh, Margot Robbie is really just perfect in the main role I think Margot Robbie came out the other day and said like oh, I'm not quite sure like how we do a sequel to that and stuff and those comments mm-hmm. sort of make sense um, I yeah. don't know that you need a sequel necessarily but if you're Warner Brothers and you're looking at that box office you uh, probably well. think uh, well Margot Robbie is really popular in this role people really like her how do we do another one of these you know you do look at it I know she said I'm not sure there'll be a Barbie 2 I do rather think that I mean if you're Mattel and if you're looking at the box office you're going to be like you know, you're Warner you're going to be like we we should make another one so it, it sort of depends on whether they can convince Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling I guess to do another one I mean I thought the casting was great yeah I do love the sort of corporate stuff and the fact that Mattel let them portray the Mattel board in that way which I thought was just really funny and you know you've got everyone from Shooty Gatmer to John Cena in there to Simi Liu and Kate McKinnon and Emma McKay and then Dua Lipa and I mean there's there's a crazy crazy number of people doing gas bots in it quite a fun film again lots of like commentary about different stuff in the corporate world and talk of like control and all, all, all these kinds of different things which is an interesting thing to kind of weave into and it, all of it makes sense as to why it's there and the status of like these women who are all these Barbies in this world and what that really means and sort of mm-hmm. comparing that to the real world and stuff especially when the film gets to like its middle part and the men's storyline comes into it a bit more and what all that sort of means and everything I thought yeah. that was uh, very very interesting angles and stuff there is a sort of certain amount of the Lego movie to me when I was watching that in that you've sort of yeah, you know, you've got of. this mixture of sort of this fantasy world and this real world and they sort of collide plus the evil person that's in control of it is Will Farrell as well you know so there were little elements of that to me as well I mean I'm not identical story but there were certain elements of that to it as well which you know that's a great film as well so yeah definitely enjoyed that one as well so yeah Barbie's if anything interesting watch <laughs> certainly <laughs> but uh, in general really really good film that I uh, did quite enjoy and I looked at the runtime before I started obviously because I watched it at home I was like oh an hour 55 for a Barbie film what are you gonna because sometimes you look at the runtime of something and fit up there and think oh what are you putting in that runtime like, that's, that's, that's quite a lot but they managed to do a pretty good job of that so yeah quite a fun casual film I watched uh, one was called No Hard Feelings it's with Jennifer Lawrence trying to remember which Jennifer it was so when the trailer came out for this I remember watching it and I remember the first time I watched the trailer I thought oh this looks really kind of like stupid and sort of slapstick silly but not in a good way and I wondered about like Jennifer Lawrence's career and that kind of stuff and then I went and saw what other people thought of the trailer and had like a bit of a different perspective and then like months went past and the film came out on uh, video at home and stuff you know when you get to that point you think okay what films have I not seen for like the lists for the year and stuff and this one this one came up as well it's actually a lot lot better than what I thought it was going to be um, <laughs> there is silly and funny parts to it there is a couple of moments in the film that don't really land properly at all there's also some really just like if you would watch that trailer and think okay this film won't be very deep or sort of not emotional per se but have some really surprising moments it's got a few of those in there as well and I really kind of was surprised by those and the direction the story takes and stuff. For those of you who don't know what this actually is, Jennifer Lawrence's character, whose name I, oh, I can't remember anybody's name from the film, is one of those ones. <laughs> and she ends up in some financial trouble. She comes across this ad online 
it will sound silly from what I'm describing, but it's a lot better than what it sort of should be. It says, like, oh, we would like somebody to sort of help our son before he goes to, I think it was college or something right, like that. Right, yes. Help him come out of his shell a little bit more. And they don't spell out, spell out what yeah. that means. She goes and meets his parents and stuff. The, the whole deal is, though, that obviously this guy can't know about it. And it sort of takes itself from there. A nice kind of surprise of a film. It, it's, again, silly in parts and things like that, both intentionally and unintentionally, but also has some really good moments. Have you seen anything from this? Or No, I've seen little trailers and bits and pieces. I've not actually seen the film itself. It's an odd one in this day and age to have that sort of movie, I guess. I don't know. It seems like a, a slightly sort of throwback kind of film. But yeah, um, yeah. The cast is kind of interesting. I mean, the you know, Jennifer Lawrence, obviously quite big. Matthew Broderick, I think, plays the father. The male lead is Andrew Barth Feldman, who was in High School Musical, the musical, the series, I believe. Mm. And I don't really recognise many of the other cast names particularly, but it's a Netflix one, isn't it? I found it on Amazon. Oh, it's on Amazon, is it? Okay. Yeah. I knew it was I one of the streamers. Yeah. Yeah, but I might go and take a look at that. So, you know, it's, it's <laughs> got reasonable reviews. Rotten Tomatoes, the, the critics gave it 71, the audience gave it 87. So, you know, it's... Those sound pretty fair, yeah. Yeah, decent reviews on both of them. The big draw, obviously, is Jennifer Lawrence, so... Yes, obviously. Yeah. The last film I watched was a TMNT Mutant Mayhem. I'm going to explain very quickly my issue with TMNT, is that every time... And I think the turtles are, like, really, really cool characters, and I do really like them... My only sort of issue with them is every single time we get a new release of them, it's a fresh version with a different art style and it like <laughs> every single version's a reboot. There's only a few of the little series of films that actually have a lot of sequels. Like the earlier 90s ones, I think they've got like a couple of sequels. This one's going to have a sequel. But then there's like two other versions and then there's the other Michael Bay one, which somehow got two sequels. That's like the Megan Fox yeah. one where they where they look like massive Hulk. I, I never watched those ones. Those ones got really, really bad receptions. It's never quite got sort of continuity and stuff. So this is like another new version of it. I can see what they were trying to do here. It feels like they're almost, because of how the Spider-Verse films got received in terms of their art style and stuff, yeah. um, they've tried to sort of go down that route, which I think was very, very smart. I do think that still works better with the Spider-Man films as opposed to here. Although there's a slight, a slight little change from that style in, in this film, particularly. This is from, I think it's um, the Invincibles people. Yeah, I think it's from um, those. Seth yeah. Rogen and Evan Goldberg. That's the ones, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's from those, so it's got that kind of humour in it. Um, it's a really, really good film. Very, very much enjoyed that. So uh, that was really quite good. Have you seen that one at all? I haven't, but it's got really good reviews across the board. Oh. And I mean, it was 96 by critics and 90 by the audience. So, you know, it, it got really decent ratings. I remember, I think Bex saw it when it came out and said she really enjoyed it and she's quite a big Turtles fan so it's a really interesting approach I get what you mean about the fact that it's the problem is that they sort of restart it every few years and I mean it, <laughs> yeah. does this end up being an origin story again as well or is it are they actually yeah kind of, it does that at the start which I, I think we've got to a point you know what we do with like the Batman Spider-Man yeah you don't films, need to do that anymore yeah yeah, you, yeah they put like a small different bit on it this time but it was still they do what they do with yeah so it wasn't too much of a problem but I think most 
most people know that origin by now. Yeah, so. I think so. So there's some good names in there. Giancarlo Esposito pops up in there. And, mm. uh, John, I didn't actually know he was in the film. And then I heard a character speaking and I was like, oh, I recognize that particular voice. I love the fact that they've got Jackie Chan doing Splinter as well, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen him in something for quite some time either. Or heard him uh, in something yeah. either. Paul Rudd, Seth Rogen does a voice in there. John Cena again does a voice in there. There's, there's got some good sort of names popping up in some of the smaller roles, which is good. It is one that I may go and look at at some point. I was never like a massive Ninja Turtles fan, but the reviews generally have been really quite solid for that. And it's an interesting, slightly different art style for it. So, uh, yeah, I might go and take a look at that. What we could do with next is a really, really good high-budget AAA game. I th- right, I think, yeah. yeah. And there, and there, was, there was rumors for a while about like Rocksteady, the Batman developers doing it, and then they chose Suicide Squad for some reason because obviously that's in like the Warner Brothers wheelhouse. I think, yeah, somebody to do that next, I think, would be would be very very good. So yeah. that's what I've been watching. How about yourself? Well, I mean, obviously, we launched the Geese Down Awards last week so uh, that's been taking up a lot of my time getting that up and running if you want to vote in the geek town awards this year there is a huge prize up for grabs you can go onto the website at geektown.co.uk forward slash awards and go and vote to win a huge box of prizes there is also a runner-up prize which is a slightly smaller big box of prizes so uh, yeah go to geektown.co.uk forward slash awards to vote in that in terms of what I've been watching, though, I mean, there has been one huge show that landed this week, which is, of course, Doctor Who returning with The Star Beast, the first of the three specials that star David Tennant and Catherine Tate. Uh, have you gone and watched this yet? I did, and it was absolutely fantastic. It was. It's like they'd never been away. I mean, he really yeah, didn't yeah. miss a beat. Neither of them did. It was funny. It had the energy and the humour that we had been before i mean he really really stepped back straight into that role as did catherine tate into the role of donna what i really rather loved about it is they didn't shy away from anything you've got yasmin finney in there playing rose who is donna's daughter transgender character and what i rather like about the way that they handled that is they didn't overly push that but they made reference to it but also the fact that they are a transgender character was also used as part of the plot so it wasn't a case of just throwing a transgender character in there going oh well we'll make them transgender you know which i really rather liked so i thought that was handled really really well in terms of you know the whole sort of donna remembering who the doctor is there was sort of two resolutions to that because you know the whole thing about her having absorbed the time lord energy and that's why she couldn't remember the doctor because if she did it would overwhelm her brain again the first bit of that of how she survives i thought they handled that really well that was really clever the second bit of that of them getting rid of the energy i kind of thought that was a little bit fudged but at this point i'll let them get away with it but the overall story i thought was brilliant obviously based on an old doctor who comic book which was a story which i mean even i i didn't read the doctor who comic that much or the doctor who magazine that much when i was younger i my brother had a few copies of it but even I remember that story it was kind of very very well known so the fact that they've actually managed to adapt that for TV I think was great Miriam Bargley's doing the voice
voice of the Meep was absolutely perfect. Great casting, wonderful to see them back. I thought they just did a wonderful, wonderful job with it. And I'm so looking forward to seeing the next two. It's going to be sad to see him go again. But, you know, at least we know beforehand that he's only going to be around for a few episodes. So, you know, we're kind of prepared. And I'm very excited to see what Shooty does with the role as well and where they actually introduce him. Because mm. it's been hinted at that he will pop up at some point in these, this run as part of the sort of why has the 14th Doctor got the 10th Doctor's face, you know. So really interesting, I think. So great to have it back. You can see the production budget has got higher. You can oh, definitely oh yeah. see that. You know, um, I mean, there's there's not a wobbly set in sight or anything like that. It looks great. The acting's brilliant. Directed well, written well. Yeah, it's it's just been superb to have it back. Yeah, it was just a bit of a breath of fresh air for it. E- even from like the intro and all, all that new cool looking stuff and then David Tennant being brilliant and everybody being brilliant in it. I thought the trans stuff was really well done, really quite beautiful as well at points, especially like Donna's side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, basically says, you know, I'll, I'll burn the earth for you type of thing. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very interesting near the end when Donna explains something, and I'm obviously not going to do spoilers, it's a pretty much brand new episode, and then slightly hints at like, the reason this happened is because of a woman thing and something you might not get. And then I myself paused for a moment. Okay, what could that be? And then I thought about it for a bit. And I was like, oh, okay, that's maybe what that is. And then kind of, I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. So I thought that was like quite well written and well done. New TARDIS looks nice. I thought that the Doctor's Sonic Screwdriver having some new stuff was really, really cool. Yeah. I think that was overdue for a while for the Doctor to have some new tools. Because obviously the Doctor doesn't shoot or use guns or anything. Mm-hmm. So never sort of like fights back with weapons. But the thing with the shield and all that kind of stuff, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, this is like a re... And it, it's things that make sense and things that isn't like far-fetched or whatever. You can feel the writing being better. There was a lot of praise online for um, Russell T. Davis's uh, yeah. writing and stuff. So you can really feel that coming through. And for those of you that fell off of the Jodie era, not because of Jodie, but because of, well, the writing in, in that series, this is definitely the uh, good place to jump back on which is what yeah. I've done so I can't wait for the rest of it and and then see how Shooty uh, comes in and puts himself in the role as well yeah it is interesting with how Russell has handled it because it, it does almost feel like this is a continuation of the Russell T Davis era you yeah. know sort of it's almost written like him sort of picking it back up again from David Tennant tenure and just moving forward with it they've done a really wonderful job with reintroducing revitalizing the character as you mentioned there is a new TARDIS which uh, you can find photos of it online I love what they've done with that because it is the yeah it is the 60th (laughs) anniversary it's kind of like the original TARDIS set had they had a budget you know (laughs) they've basically taken a lot of inspiration from the original TARDIS so it is like a big white room essentially but it's got these sort of gantries and ramps and stuff it's a really spectacular set that they've built for it although it is predominantly white the roundels in the background are now lights which means that you can bathe it in sort of light and use light to paint it different colors which i think is a really interesting way of doing it and be able to sort of bring drama to it which they couldn't really do as much as the original set and it is huge i mean it has that scope and that scale of it Mm. um i want to know where the doors lead because there's various doors off the end of it so it looks 
fantastic. And um, I'm assuming they're keeping that set for when Shooty comes in as well, because it would be a lot to build that set purely for David's run. And, uh, you mm. know, so I suspect that they'll keep that, that tardy set for the for Shooty as well. But Good to see another wheelchair character. Yes, Ruth Madeley's character. As soon as she popped up on screen, I sort of had this, not reflection, whatever you want to call it, of like, we really don't see a lot of wheelchair user characters. And obviously she's got, let's say, a few tricks up her sleeve, which yeah. is very cool. That was interesting. Ruth Medley was great. That was an interesting introduction of a sort of new, unique character. I suspect we'll see her again because there is a unit series coming as well. So I would assume that she's going to pop up in that. But yeah, really, really good throughout. It's a few nods to Bernard Cribbins' Wilf as well. Although, as far as we're aware, Wilf is going to pop up at some point during this run because there were f- some shots of that they had filmed with him um sadly he passed away sort of just after doing the filming of this but they did mention him a few times which is really good so uh i'm just so glad it's back the reviews across the board have been extremely positive and people seem to love it so i'm so happy that they've nailed it and bring on the next two and then the christmas special looking forward to that definitely nice in terms of other new things archie i watched which i've watched the first couple of episodes of it which is a really interesting series. It's a show which stars Jason Isaacs as Cary Grant. So it is a sort of biodrama about Cary Grant's growing up. Huge Cary Grant, of course, for the younger members amongst you, was a massive, well-known American actor, a classic Hollywood leading man. And this is Jason Isaacs playing the sort of older version of him. There are some people that are playing him as a younger version and then various different ages. The reason it's called Archie is because Cary Grant isn't his real name. He was called Archibald Leach. He was actually born in Bristol, although a lot of people do think he's an American because the creation of Cary Grant was, as they sort of explained in the show, the bio that went out for Cary Grant was a complete work of fiction. And he is an invented character, essentially, because Archie was trying to get away from his past because he had I mean, he was born very much into poverty in 1904 and had a very thick Bristolian accent, which he obviously worked quite hard to get rid of. He eventually finds himself in America and that's sort of when he comes to the film career. But the, I mean, the, his early life was horrifically tragic and there's all sorts of weird twists and turns in it. And it's really quite incredible and an uh, interesting story. Jason Isaacs is amazing in the lead role of this. It's on ITVX, by the way, if you want to go and uh, check this out. It's all up on there. There's four episodes for it and they're about sort of 45, 50 minutes long each episode. But it's a really fascinating story. Well acted. I would really urge you to go and check that out. Even if you don't really know much about sort of old Hollywood history or Cary Grant, the story itself is a really interesting one. And the fact that it is a true story is even more incredible. So worth going to look at that. But that's Archie and that's on ITVX if you want to go and check that one out. The other thing I picked up was Special Ops Lioness, which is on uh, Paramount, which is a spy thriller by Taylor Sheridan, who is probably best known for the Yellowstone stuff. Uh, stars Zoe Salander, Nicole Kidman, Michael Kelly pops up in there like he does in a lot of things, playing shady CIA person. Laisla de Oliveira, who some people might know from Lock and Keys, sort of the other main female lead. Basic premise for it is it follows uh, four 
Force Recon Marine, who is recruited into the armed services, gets picked up by the CIA's Lioness Engagement Team program and is embedded to try and take down a terrorist organization by sort of inserting her next to the fiance of a terrorist leader. It's just very, very well written. It's a really good spy thriller. Acting's great throughout. I think it's all up on Paramount if you want to go and check that one out but that's a really solid drama as well uh, I've never really watched much of Taylor Sheridan stuff I didn't watch Yellowstone and I know he's done a few other bits and pieces but this is really really solid drama predominantly female cast as well really good well put together drama worth going to check that out the other thing which I did since we've been off is of course Wales Comic Con which all the videos are now up on the YouTube channel for that there are videos up there with Warwick Davis Annabelle Davis they were hilarious and Warwick's always fun to watch and Annabelle was great I'd never seen her do a talk before but uh, she was really good so they were talking about the working on Star Wars because they've worked together on Star Wars Annabelle mm-hmm. basically stepped in for Warwick in a few cases because I think it was Solo he said they forget that Warwick plays more than one character because he does a lot of the creature suit work and they cast him in a scene where they needed three of him to be on screen at one time <laughs> so uh, Annabelle ended up putting on one of the suits so that's sort of one of the places she started on Solo and then of course she's gone on and done stuff on Hollyoaks and uh, other things as well yeah that was just really fun watching those did two she, talk together did she talk about that at all little bits and pieces but not a huge amount I mean it was funny because they only had for some reason I don't know why the panels they only had one mic for the guests so they were passing it backwards and forwards and Warwick oh. was holding it going well I'll, I'll be talking about Star Wars and maybe Annabelle might get some words in at some point you know so. uh, but they, they did pass it backwards and forwards they did talk about it, it was, there's a lot of stuff about sort of Star Wars and Willow because she was in Willow as well. So they were talking about that and just them working together. But it's a really lovely interview and um, you can tell how proud Warwick is of his daughter, how much appreciation Annabelle has for her dad as well. Telling stories about, you know, how they walk off and leave him whenever he gets mobbed by fans and that sort of stuff. It's just very, very funny and very sweet. I'm really worth going to check that one out. But uh, that was the Warwick Davis Annabelle Davis panel. There was a DC panel which had Breck Blassinger in there from Stargirl, Alex Garfin, who plays Jordan Kent in Superman and Lois, and Matt Ryan, who's, of course, Constantine on various TV shows and animated things and that sort of stuff. That was a really fun panel. Starts off really well, and then somebody asks a question towards the end about scones, and it, it all goes wildly off the rails, uh, <laughs> and, and in a complete wild tangent towards the end of that panel. But a very, very, very fun, that one very enjoyable there was a panel from Merlin which had Rupert Young on it and Alexander Vlahos played Leon and Mordred they were really great if you're a fan of Merlin that's well worth watching Charlie Cox panel which of course he talked about Daredevil doesn't really talk much about the new series because obviously he's not allowed to talk about the new series plus they're rewriting it at the moment so I don't think he can really talk much about that anyway because it's going to change quite dramatically I think it was just general sort of stuff about Daredevil, about it coming back and him discovering that they were going to be doing uh, Born Again and all that sort of stuff. So they, they do talk about it, but nothing specific about the new series in that. But that was really good. And Charlie's lovely. He brought his mum along, which is really sweet. <laughs> there was an Indiana Jones panel, which is an exclusive as well, because I was the only one that was allowed to film it. So I was really happy about that. Paul Freeman, who plays Rini Belko on Rangers of the Lost, 
Ask Ark, who was the sort of rival archaeologist, and Alison Dooley, who played Elsa Snyder in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. They were just talking about their work and working on the movies and working with Harrison Ford and working with Sean Connery and snakes and spiders and stunts and just really fascinating. If you're an Indiana Jones fan, that was a great panel because they don't do cons very often. So that was well worth listening to. And then there's a Stranger Things panel with, I'm going to mangle his last name, but uh, Tom Wilushinka, I think his name is, who plays Enzo, who's Hopper's Russian guard friend and also played the faceless man in game of thrones as well and jamie campbell bauer who plays spoilers but vecna (laughs) they were great really really good seen tom do panels before first time i've seen jamie do it jamie was a sweetheart he was really lovely and you can tell he's he's got a huge appreciation for the fans and tom does as well i mean they really rather they were just great if you're a stranger things fan that's well worth watching there were a few little bits and pieces from panels that i couldn't record because it's entirely up to the people that are on the panels as to whether we can record them or not. There was a Doctor Who panel which had Colin Baker, Paul McGann, Peter Davison, Sylvester McCoy on it. Apparently it was Colin, didn't want to be filmed that day for whatever reason, but the others were fine. Apparently Colin didn't want to be filmed, so I couldn't film that panel. But you know there was that story a few weeks ago about Paul McGann getting his own series? Yeah, yeah. He says that story isn't true, which I did stress at the time. It was a story from the mirror and it it's probably not true. However, Peter then did point out the fact that even if it was true, Paul would have said it wasn't true because he wouldn't have been allowed to say anything about it. So, you know, he would just say it's not true. So, I mean, even if it was true, he would say what he said. So, I mean, who knows? But Paul was saying that it, it isn't true, that story, which I mean, yeah, half expected anyway, but we'll see. I'm still hopeful that they may do it because there was quite a lot of support for it. I think it would be a worthwhile thing doing. Alex Kingston did a panel as well from Doctor Who and ER and a million other things. She ends hers by doing a Doctor Who quiz. She's done this before where the prizes are bananas. And I mean that quite literally are bananas. She asks questions about Doctor Who and when people get the answer right, she brings out a bunch of bananas and throws the bananas into the audience as the prizes. So there is a photo on the website of Alex Kingston holding a banana if you're wondering why that photo is there. She's always fun and very funny. Anthony Daniels was there, C3PO. Uh, he did a panel as well and uh, Giancarlo Esposito was there and unfortunately you wouldn't allow recording in that which is a great shame because you know how much we love Giancarlo Uh, he was incredible (laughs) he literally was sort of doing motivational speaking stuff up on stage and was amazing at it I mean if he ever wants to quit acting he could do that full time he was brilliant and was just talking generally about you know his work on everything from Once Upon a Time to Breaking Bad to The Mandalorian I mean you know he'd little bits and pieces but there was a lot of it which was just sort of about positivity and talking generally about his life just amazing i mean he's wonderful to hear talk it was a great set of panels i mean if you ever want to go and do a comic con and you happen to be near either telford or wrexham because that's where they do them they do them twice a year wales is well worth going to check out because it's really lovely bunch of people and they usually have a really solid lineup of guests 
you haven't done uh, Comic Con. I know you've done Walker Stalker, but I nearly went to uh, the October one, the the London one, but just didn't get around to. I should go to one of the MCM ones. The the only difference there, obviously, compared to Walker Stalker, which doesn't exist anymore, is you knew that like okay, all of them are Walking Dead and Game of Thrones people, and with these ones, it's more general guests and stuff. I'll keep my eyes out for them in the future mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I mean, if you want a general Comic Con, MCM is fantastic. If you're more interested in the guests, Wales is worth keeping an eye on. Liverpool has a really good guest lineup as well, but there are a few around. I mean, go and check out your local Comic Cons because they are all, all really, really good fun usually. That's all the stuff we've been doing the last couple of weeks. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. And and boy, over the last couple of weeks, there has been a lot of cancellations. It's like the strike ended and they all went, don't need that, don't need that, get rid of that one. <laughs> yeah, they were kind of going through lists of things. Some of these were expected, some of them not so much. But Blue Bloods is coming to an end after season 14. That was sort of expected because the entire cast and crew took a salary cut to be able to make season 14. So it was sort of pretty obvious obvious that was probably going to be the way that was going to go because if they brought it back to a season 15 they're probably going to want to make more cuts and think they wanted to be able to bring it back to do a final season basically so the cast and crew agreed to salary cuts to be able to do the 14th season so I'm not surprised that that is the last season of that but yes a lot of people very upset about that going I haven't watched it in a while I, I watched up to about season 10 I think good show though I mean decent nice friendly procedural that one SEAL Team is ending with Season 7. Again, this was sort of expected. It felt like it was kind of coming towards the end of its run. Similar issues in terms of, you know, it's getting expensive to produce as well. That's uh, Paramount Plus in the US. That's uh, These are all CBS shows or Paramount Plus shows. And Young Sheldon is also ending with its seventh season as well. This seems to be sort of partly creative decision. Partly, I think it's just getting expensive. And for people who watched it, I haven't watched it in a while. They seem to be getting to a point where they need to sort of end it by the sounds of it in terms of where the plot lines are going. I don't think anybody was hugely shocked because there were noises about that being a final season as well. So those mm-hmm. are three CBS shows. Just finished the, I think it was the fourth season, which some of which I'd seen before, but I wanted to just catch up with it. So I'll be going to season five next. Still got a good amount of time to wrap this up. I think it's going to be a 13 episode final season. But there was two notable things, which is the fact that obviously Missy and Sheldon, the people that play them, are, are getting a bit older. Yeah. Uh, so he's not anymore going to be you know, young Sheldon. And also, I think in the timeline or in the story they're getting closer to when the dad supposedly passes away which you know if you've seen Big Bang that happens at one point Mm -hmm. uh and obviously that's going to be kind of probably a big end emotional point for the show. So I think they're, they're getting closer towards those two things happening. I did think it was going to, maybe I was thinking wrong or something, but I did think it was going to be one of them ones that sticks around for like 10 seasons. But maybe I was just thinking because uh, Big Bang lasted a while, but then Big Bang Theory had a different purpose. 
I suppose. Yeah. So still very, very good show. I like where they've what they've done with it so far. Good. Netflix also had the cancellation act out. The biggest one, I think, is Shadow and Bone, which they cancelled after two seasons. I have to say, I mean, it came back for the second season. I didn't watch it. I kind of forgot that it was there and then never kind of got round to watching the second season. I did enjoy the first season and I think they did a really good job with it. I don't know. I think it got lost in everything when they released it. Plus, it was a long gap, I think, between the first and second season. That's a shame. And I know that's the one that has upset most people. Look, did you ever see that? I didn't. I was just wondering. So within the last, let's say, year to 18 months, if we put a rough time frame on it, Netflix has cancelled a lot of their notable stuff that people have enjoyed. Apart from Stranger Things, which has got one season, Wednesday, which sort of isn't quite theirs, but it is on their platform. Crown's finishing. What do they have left? <laughs> I mean, they like, have got like new their, stuff. Like their big notable stuff, because uh, obviously they've got a dozen other things. They've still got The Witcher, but, you know, that's not going great they have got stuff like the squid game thing that just came out yes there's squid game there's night agent they've got three body problem launching in the new year which i think they're hoping is going to be a huge thing we'll see whether they manage to mess that up it is from the game of thrones people so Uh, (laughs) they have got a few things and they're always launching new stuff i'm Uh, just genuinely asking like from off the top of our heads what can we what can we think of that they've got um if we if we clicked on it and started browsing we probably go, oh, yeah, that thing and that thing and that thing. Uh, big mouth people are tired of at the moment. Yeah, well, that, that's coming to an end anyway. Yeah, so ending. they still got Wednesday and Stranger Things, I suppose. Yes, Wednesday, Stranger Things, Sex Education is ending, Crown is ending. They have got a lot of stuff ending, and they haven't managed to replace it with like big temple things. Which Black I think is they've got Black Mirror, yeah, that is true. But that's um, not going to be regular. <laughs> no, and I mean that—that's so irregular. That so there is stuff on there, but the Sandman they've still got. They could do with some decent sort of big temple shows. That's where they're struggling. Really, there's lots of sort of smaller content, but not so much big stuff. That wasn't the only thing they cancelled. They also cancelled the Miss Benny Kim Cattrall dramedy Glamorous, which was the thing about a makeup empire, which I rather enjoyed. I thought that was that was fun and different, but that's gone after one season. I can't say I'm overly shocked that that's gone because there wasn't really much buzz around it. And given that it's Kim Cattrall in it, you would think that was buzzier than it was. They also cancelled three adult animated series. One was called Agent Elvis, one was called Fazar, and one was called Captain Fall. I'd not heard of any of those. I think I scrolled past Agent Elvis at one point. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't yeah. Look on it, so. None um, of them particularly leapt out at me, I have to say. Yeah. So those were the Netflix ones. Over on TBS in the US, they've cancelled Miracle Workers after four seasons. This was somewhat expected that the full season would be the last one because the options on the cast had run out, which means that it's going to be hellishly expensive to bring it back for a fifth season, particularly when your leads are people like Daniel Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi, you know. So, I, And I also think I enjoyed the first few seasons, but I think it had dropped off a little bit by the fourth season enjoyable but i'm not 
shock that's gone and as i say that's really the fact that it was going to get a lot more expensive to do it so four seasons it doesn't end anything on a cliffhanger because each thing is set in a kind of different time period or a different setting they're self-contained things and it's a fun little four season show that so worth going to check out but that's miracle workers has gone muppets mayhem that's been cancelled after one season on disney plus sounds like it probably didn't get the numbers that they were hoping for i think it really disney plus's fault for under promoting it because it was a big muppet series and the people that saw it that like the muppets absolutely seem to have loved it it's just i don't know whether there isn't a big enough muppet audience whether people just hadn't found it mm, i'm not yeah. sure it's a real shame disney don't seem to know what to do with the muppets they really don't and part of me sort of would like them to sell it back just to jim henson so he can go and take it and do other things with it obviously not jim henson himself but the jim henson foundation that manages mm. that stuff i think disney plus has got a bit of a there's loads of loads of great stuff on there and 99 percent of which is their own but i think it, like if you start looking on disney plus and yeah there's the okay if you know you want a disney a pixar star wars or marvel you know to click on one of them if there's something a little bit more buried or a specific series or original series or an animated old series or it's not really curated very well um yeah. i mean they've got like little tabs for stuff and things like that but i don't know it's it, it's it's full of a lot of really great content it's just not really organized in the best way yeah maybe it got a bit lost in that maybe i wish they'd do something with the Muppets that was just more, I don't know whether it's just a, a straight up anarchic traditional Muppet show might be good rather than trying to have some sort of spin on it, which is what they've been trying to do with it. I actually think if you said we are going to make the Muppet show again, that would actually draw a bigger audience than, hey, we're going to do something with the Electric Mayhem band or, hey, we're going to have the Muppets go off and do this. They do the specials quite well. They did a Halloween special a couple of years ago which was great I mean they you know had songs in it and was really really good whether they could do more movies with it I don't know it is one of these things where they have this big property but I don't think they've quite figured out how to manage it and what to do with it mm. which is a shame so Muppets Mayhem gone after one season over on Amazon they cancelled three things although one of them I'm not entirely sure was a cancellation as such but The Horror of Dolores Roach and With Love With Love had two seasons so that's being cancelled the other one is Harlan Coben's Shelter which was based on a book and I haven't seen it so I don't know where it ends and whether it covered the whole of the book in the first season but most of the Harlan Coben stuff are miniseries so I was surprised when they said that had been cancelled because mm. usually they're only one season things anyway so I don't know. Yeah, that's three shows gone at Amazon. I've never seen any of them, so I, I couldn't no. tell you one way or the other. <laughs> the big UK news was that the BBC have finally announced and confirmed that Top Gear has been shelved for the foreseeable future after the Freddie Flintoff crash. I think it's the right decision, not only because of the crash, but also because I think the format is incredibly tired at this point. You look at what they did with the grand tour even they gave up on the format eventually and just went to doing the specials instead i think it needs resting and they need to come up with something else the top girl brand will still be about they are still doing international versions of it the magazine and the website are still going so as a brand it is still going to be up there and they are i'm sure going to come back to it at some point but it will be in a very different revamped format i think i think what you could maybe 
do is go back to a more straight motoring show magazine format where for a starter you only are putting if you are going to do high performance tests and show off those sort of cars the person that you put in the car is a professional race driver not an ex-cricketer you know I, I think that would certainly be one way I would go down with it um, I mean not to say that you can't have straight presenters in there as well but have them do safer tests of straight road legal cars but I think there is a show in there with that brand but I think it just needs dramatically changing in terms of its format and what it does they have said that they are planning to work with the three presenters uh, Paddy Chris and Freddie on other projects so there is potentially still sort of stuff going to be happening with them as to what that are don't know at the moment I think this is certainly the right decision for now mm. in terms of renewals Black Mirror as you mentioned earlier which is one of the things that Netflix do still have that has been renewed for a seventh season so that will be coming back season six was a bit hit and miss for me but it's always interesting when that returns so I'm planning on starting that possibly today the uh, Joan is awful episodes the first one that whole season's I enjoyed it as some episodes better than others but that's always kind of the case with Black Mirror uh, Joni's Awful is, is a great episode though it's a really good start and Welcome to Wrexham has been renewed for a third season by AFX which isn't particularly surprising what was interesting though is they're looking at a spring 2024 release date not autumn because mm. previously it aired in autumn of course the issue with that is it's way after the end of the football season whereas if you're launching it in spring it sounds like you're probably going to run it into the end of the football season next year that would line up wouldn't it if they launch it in spring well the seasons I mean, usually start in august and end in may yeah so yeah. if they launched it sort of april ish and it's 10 12 episodes you're going to be running it over the end of the season which i i think is probably intentional because one of the problems with the second season was everybody knew they'd already been promoted by you know way way before the episode yes, came out is on the news. Yeah. yeah exactly because sports is on the news so people knew what the Especially outcome of like it that. was yeah. it makes a lot of sense to run it alongside the games I mean it's going to make it a lot more stressful for them to actually edit it because they're going to be doing it much much closer to them actually airing it but that show's always been a show of two halves because half of it is the stuff about them on the field and how well they're doing and the other half Half of it is all the behind the scenes stuff and you can shoot all the behind the scenes stuff anytime the stuff about the fans and stuff about the history of Wrexham and uh, you know the football club in the town and all that you can shoot that get all that together and then work the how they're doing actually at the time and edit that in later on so it's going to be interesting to see how that comes together but uh, mm. it does make sense because it it adds a bit more to it if you're releasing the documentary series at the same time where they are actually in jeopardy of will they won't they go up how well are they doing that sort of thing so i think i think that's kind of an interesting idea if they do move the date to spring I th and i think that will help it as well yeah i was just trying to think of how that will all line up because it would overlap before and after the end of the season and if they wanted to put that in they'd be sort of doing that while the show is going out all they've said at the moment is spring so it depends exactly i mean that's any time from 21st of march basically they can launch it and it's usually 10 12 episodes so yeah. Yeah. it sounds like they're planning on running it concurrently with the end of the football season which is an interesting way to do it and uh, i i actually like that idea because it adds a bit more jeopardy to it 
In terms of pickups and other bits and pieces of news, if you've been enjoying the Scott Pilgrim Takes Off anime series, it sounds like that might be a one-off, certainly for the moment, because the creators of that have basically said, we're not working on a second season. We have no official ideas for a second season at the moment. So it's not like it's suddenly going to get renewed. I mean, if it does renewed, I'm sure they'll come up with something, but it sounds like it was planned as a sort of one-off thing, which given that there is a huge cast involved for that, doesn't surprise me but don't expect a second season anytime soon for that that's not due to netflix cancelling it it's just that they've not even thought about it so you know uh, and animation takes a long time as well of course so if, if there is another one it'll be a number of years off before that ever lands the bbc have announced that uh, alongside pbs masterpiece in the us they are returning to wolf hall for a final season so that's a second final season based on the final novel in the uh, hillary mantel multi-award winning trilogy it's got Mark Rylance coming back Damien Lewis Kate Phillips and Jonathan Price all returning so same cast as the original Wolf Hall that will be a follow-on series from the original series uh, of course the, the TV show itself was multi-award winning as well based around sort of Henry VIII and Thomas Cromwell and that sort of stuff great drama originally I'm glad they're sort of coming back and completing the books uh, it's, it's interesting because it's a trilogy of books but they've only made two series so I'm assuming the second book was part first season part second season I guess but good job that that's coming back I think that's that's good that they're doing that Marvel's What If has now been given an actual premiere date uh, interesting how they're dropping this Marvel's What If season 2 22nd of December but they're dropping it like Christmas presents so it's a bit like an advent calendar they're dropping them nightly <laughs> rather than weekly we'll get the first episode on the 22nd of December and then the rest of the episodes will drop out sort of over the Christmas period which I think is a really nice way of doing it because we yeah. You can watch one a night and, and work your way through it, which is great. I'm trying to think of the last series I watched that released like that. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, see, even the BBC shows don't really do that because even if they are releasing over a couple of nights, they tend to drop the whole thing up on iPlayer. It's been a while since I've seen anything released like that, but I, I think that's a really nice way of doing it because it's a nice balance of not dropping it as a box set, but also giving you engagement on social media by dropping it daily. So yeah, you're getting it out event, fairly, yeah. yeah. So you're getting a sort of daily event and and getting it out that way. So from a marketing point of view, it's actually quite a nice way of doing it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Friday twenty second of Do December. I'm not sure whether it's six or ten for something, this. Something but, like that. Yeah, but yeah, Usually. but I am looking forward to that because I really enjoyed the first season of it. Skymax have picked up uh, Kaylee Cloakus based on a true story, which is going to be airing at some point over the winter. We don't know exactly when yet. I have seen the first season of this because I interviewed somebody involved with it. It got mixed reviews when it launched in the US, and I don't understand why, because I thought it was brilliant. It is a couple who are sort of struggling financially decide to start a true crime podcast. It's based in LA, and there is a serial killer loose in LA as well, and the sort of two worlds collide. Somebody sort of, when they read the description, did say, so it's, it's a bit like Only Murders in the Building, and it isn't. It's nothing like Only Murders in the building tonally it's far closer to something like the flight attendant and the setup is massively different the 
reasons for doing the true crime podcast are very very different as well and how that handles is very very different so don't go into it expecting oh it'll be like only murders it is a very very different sort of show if you liked the flight attendant i think you will like this i really really enjoyed the first season of this i think he is coming back for a second season as well but don't know exactly when that's going to land they've just said winter at the moment but that's coming to sky max and that's based on a true story also picked up by sky is seth mcfarlane's ted event series so it's a it's a one-off seven episode series airing in early 2024 based on seth mcfarlane's ted movies it's a prequel don't know exactly when that's landing but it's coming to sky max and now as well did you seen the ted films i did i remember the first one being better than the second one and we'll see what this is like could be some good ideas and stuff in there films are good yeah it's a fun character it's going to be interesting to see how it translates to um yeah, the to character TV. Himself, really fun yeah yeah <laughs> So it's going to be interesting to see how that translates to a sort of TV show as a prequel. Mm. But um, yeah, early 2024 on Sky Max for that. BBC have picked up the Mayfair Witches, which is the a company companion series to Interview with the Vampire based in the same world, basically. There's, I don't think there's any direct crossover, but it's based in the same world of sort of witches and vampires. They've got a date for that, which is 6th of December. That's landing. The general consensus from people that have seen it is that it's nowhere near as good as Interview with the vampire but judge for yourselves when it lands we'll see so i guess amc is selling all their shows off then yes amc one, are one selling all this yeah they, they are basically still working for the walking dead things to show up i hope Any the delay me, yeah. on yeah I, I hope the delay on that is that they are trying to sell the remaining shows as a package somewhere that's my hope is all the spin-offs will get sold into one place and they're looking for somebody that will buy them together whether that is the case or not i don't know or they're just asking too much for them and nobody wants to buy them i don't know it's just frustrating that all the spin-offs have not been picked up but, i mean it'd be great if the bbc took them because i mean they've taken a number of other amc things so we'll see but yes so uh mayfair witches though 6th of december for that on uh bbc2 i think that is and it'll be on iplayer as well the Mr. and Mrs. Smith series based on the movie, that's got a premiere date now. That's the 2nd of February. That's coming to Prime Video. That's Donald Glover and Maya Erskine are the uh, two leads in that. Slightly different setup to the film in the the film which had Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie in it, that they were a married couple, they were both assassins. Neither of them knew that each other's that was what they did for a living until they sort of put up against each other. This, I think they've switched it so the pair are put together undercover as a couple. I think it's a slightly different setup to how they've done it this time around. But mm. yeah, that's that's coming to Prime Video Friday the 2nd of February for that. It's got Donald Glover in it, so it can't be bad. Well, yes, I would that's hope just, not. That's and, just how reality works. <laughs> yeah, and it is written by Donald Glover as well, who's a great writer. Oh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so we'll see. There are a number of people that are involved in Atlanta, I think, that are involved in writing that, so working on it. So. Oh, cool. Vigil, season two, the one where the first season was all on a submarine, the second season is about drones. That is coming on the 10th of December. They've announced on BBC One and iPlayer. I love the first season of that. That's a great show, first season of that. 
And ITV have picked up the free-to-air right to two series from Disney, critical acclaimed miniseries called Under the Banner of Heaven, which stars Andrew Garfield. And season one of the just brilliantly fantastic Extraordinary is getting a free-to-air premiere on ITV, ITVX. I think it's ITV2, I think, they're going to air it, which is sounds the right sort of place for it. But uh, if you've not got Disney+, Plus and you've not seen Extraordinary, go and watch it when this drops on free-to-air, because it is fantastic. The show that I think we've talked about a number of times before, but this is the one about it's set in a world of superheroes where everybody has a power apart from the lead that you're following whose power hasn't emerged. So she's sort of very much the ordinary person in this extraordinary world. It's really, really funny. It's very, very British in its humour. It reminds you a little bit humour-wise of something like Dead Pixels or... Yeah, I, like I don't an know, show, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like a sort of very much that E4 kind of, like when E4 was good sort of humour, you know, it's that sort of stuff. Yeah, when E4, they used to make shows like that. Yeah, when <laughs> they used to make shows like that. So uh, it's brilliant though, and well worth going to check out. That's getting a free-to-air premiere. It'll be on ITVX and um, ITV2 for Extraordinary. I think Under a Banner of Heaven is just going on to ITVX, but worth checking out when those land. Haven't got dates for those yet. We've just been told that they've picked them up. So uh, keep an eye out for those as well. Lots of good stuff coming. Yeah, um, certainly. That's all the news we've got for this week. We've just got some highlights for next week on TV. So, highlights for next week. We have, actually we'll have already dropped by the time this goes out, but The Couple Next Door, that is going out on Channel 4 on the 27th of November at 9pm. That's got Sam Hewen in it, it's got Eleanor Tomlinson and Alfred Enoch in there as well. Uh, Looks like a really good show, six-part thriller. Couple Next Door, 7th of November at 9pm. Harlequin finally has a season four air date, although frustratingly, that doesn't look like they're putting the Valentine's special up, which aired before season four. Yeah, everybody's been asking about that. It doesn't seem like the Valentine's special is going up uh, unless they stick it on the end somewhere. I I don't know. It's E4 and they're drunk scheduling as usual. 28th of November at 10.35 on E4. It will be on the E4 website as well. Uh, You can go check that out there. Didn't they do that thing before where they had that woman crossover and they put that at like the end of the season or something yes am I, yes, am I remembering that correctly yeah. yes you are I don't know whether it makes a difference narratively with this or not I don't know what happens in the Valentine's episode and whether it leads into anything in season 4 so I'm not sure but yes the Valentine's episode is not where they're starting they're starting with the first episode of season 4 because E4 Reservation Dogs, its third and final season of that, lands on Disney Plus on the 29th of November. American Horror Stories returns for its third season. That's on 29th of November on Disney Plus as well. Then the brilliant Slow Horses returns for its third season. That's on Apple TV Plus on the 29th of November. If you've never seen Slow Horses, it's worth getting Apple TV just to go watch it. It's got Gary Oldman in it and he is incredible and it's a brilliant, brilliant series. And Power Book 3 Raising Canaan Season 3, that lands on Lionsgate Plus on the 1st of December. Get it while you can, because Lionsgate Plus is going to disappear at some point next year. So that is is going up on there, though. That's another one where we'll have to see where the shows end up after they close that down. 
that's everything we have for this week. So uh, certainly we'll be watching Slow Horses and we'll be watching Harley Quinn, if nothing else. So if people want to find you, where can they find you? You can find me over on entertainmenttalk.org. All your podcast platforms that are the same name for TV, games, films, Man United podcasts. A few reviews I did recently. The Quad Modern Warfare 3 campaign. Not the multiplayer, just a separate review for the very short campaign. Uh, I did Spider-Man 2. I did the Marvels. And I did Still Up recently as well. Of course, there's the United cast, which just came back with a very, very good game yesterday. A really, really incredible goal from uh, Ganacho. Uh, even if you're not interested in football, just check out that goal particularly. It's really, really good. A nice 3-0 win there. Yeah, that's some of our stuff. We're still doing gaming until we've got the Game Awards coming up soon. Uh, we might see a certain game there, possibly, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Month Positive Creators has come back soon. Uh, Classic Reviews come back soon. Uh, and there's some other stuff going on as well. So uh, check me out over there. You can find me on uh, Twitter if you'd like to as well at uh, eTalk UK if you want to follow and say hi or anything like that so that's me yep go and check that out at uh, entertainmenttalk.org and eTalk UK for other people involved in the show you can find Bex on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes that's B-Y-T-E-S I think she's still doing charity streams for Samaritans but I mean they're always really fun from anything from like playing games to face painting to, to all sorts of other weird and wacky stuff but Bex is always worth going to check out when she's uh, streaming so twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes that's B by T-E-S uh, go and check her out there and Daryl you can find on HollywoodNorthNews.net for all those TV series that you love which are shot in Canada for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information you can also go and enter the Geektown Awards over there at geektown.co.uk forward slash awards go and do that now you can win a huge amount of prizes over there if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk you can leave a message on the website post you can find us at geektown on Twitter on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown on blue sky at geektown on Instagram at geektown UK TikTok at geektown UK and threads at geektown UK that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.